1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, the Dallas Safari Club, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Ruger, rugged, reliable firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, the callingest call made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Now, here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Sitting around the campfire this morning with Luke Clayton. We're on the Buck and Bass Ranch that belongs to Jeff Rice and his family, and right on the north side of Lake Fork. And got in here yesterday after I had a bunch of things I needed to do with DSC and the DSC Foundation. But met up with Luke and uh, spent the afternoon doing a little hog hunting and doing a whole lot of good eating last night. And Luke, this morning, I tell you what, tell me about, we had, what did you call it, pea meal? Yeah, uh, pea meal bacon. It's a Canadian bacon. Uh, originated, I've done a little research on it, in uh, Toronto, you know. I'll be and I, I think in Toronto, all the restaurants today still serve pea meal bacon. It's, it's a local thing, but... Uh, I heard about it. Butcher Packer Supply has a little kit, Larry. Uh, six or seven dollars for the kit. It's very reasonable, but to make pea meal bacon, actually it's pork loin. You could be wild pork or domestic. What you ate was domestic. What you ate today was domestic. Right. What you ate yesterday was wild, but we'll get into yeah, that in a we'll, Yeah, we'll do that a little bit later. <laughs> but <right>. So, so <clears throat> you know... Pork loin, you know, it's the top cut of pork that there is. Kind and of a ribeye. Yeah, as good as steak, it gets. Yeah, a backstrap of yes, whatever right. you want to call it. So you can get it for less than $2 a pound on sale. So that's what that is. To make it is very, very simple. You get this little kit from Butcher Packer Supply, and you uh, mix two and a half gallons of water in a plastic vat or tub right. or something with the kit. Uh, it's got cure in it and other stuff, seasonings, you yes. know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever it is, it's right. They did it right. Oh, it? my God. So anyway, put it 24 hours in, in the refrigerator. And it's then it is cured meat. It has that look, you know, that texture. Yes, that little, yes. So, and basically, from that, you roll it in the, it comes with cornmeal. 
Now, it's called pea meal bacon because back in Canada, back uh, years back, they had they ground peas. Well, they probably, it's a legume, so it probably grew in a colder climate as opposed to some of the corn type things. That's so right. I guess it makes have, sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So, so you roll it in the cornmeal, and what I do, I cut mine into chunks, you know, enough to feed three people or whatever. Or me three times if I'm out, you know. <laughs> or once when you're really hungry. Really hungry. That's right, Larry. So I slice it like we did this morning. Uh, I vacuum seal it, and I, I might make eight or ten of those chunks, you know, out of the loin. Or two loins is what I did. Right, right. And, uh, and just slice it to the desired thickness. I cut ours a little thicker than normally. You know, you can slice it almost like thick-cut bacon. Right. And But I cut ours a little thicker. And, and basically just uh, put it in a little cooking oil or whatever, olive oil, anything you want to use, and, and fry it. And uh, you know the end result. I think you're going to go home and make some. I'll tell you what. I, I, I love pork. I love bacon. Obviously, I think almost everybody does. But this was by far, in the, particular in, the, in the, the thickness that you cut it and the way it was fried, it was out there was crispy on the outside it wasn't crispy on the inside and it was the best taste in bacon if you want to and and i realize it's a style of bacon but that's the best i've ever eaten and me too i mean not and and any it's nothing that i did other than follow instructions on the kit anybody can do it but uh you know i mean if you buy okay the best bacon you can find is going to be what one-third fat it's going to have at a lot of fat in it. At least fat. one third. Yeah, at least That's one your best. And it's going to cost about 450 or $5 a pound. Right. It does not hold a candle. It sounds <laughs> like a pea meal bacon commercial, but folks, if you, you need to try this if you like a good, a good breakfast food. And, well, we had that this morning, Larry. Uh, had some fried potatoes and, and uh, eggs over medium and uh, pretty good breakfast, and here it is midday, and I'm still kind of full. I, I am too, but I find myself wanting more of it simply because of how good it was. Now, you mentioned butcher supply. How's the best way for somebody to, because there are all kinds of things there. It's not just this particular mixture. Yeah, it, it is. It's uh, You can go online to butcher-packer.com, butcher-packer.com, or just Google Butcher Packer. And they'll, and they'll come up, yeah. Come. Well, but no, that, that and that's like I say, that six or six or so bucks for a kit, and uh, I don't know how. If you really put a dollar figure on what we, those two loins, that's probably cost a bunch of money. To, <laughs> you know what? If you'd gone to a restaurant somewhere that if they had the ability to, to and the knowledge to do what we had for breakfast this morning. I bet we'd have paid twenty twenty five dollars for it. for something like that. Yeah, I, I'm with per, you. per person kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. you start thinking about it. You know, there's a lot of wild pork available, particularly in Texas and California. Yeah, uh, and coming to a place near you because there's wild hogs almost everywhere these days. But you could use a wild hog very easily. But as you mentioned, you can go to the grocery store and surprisingly, pork loin, particularly when you buy it in a whole. In the whole loin is relatively inexpensive and it's certainly less expensive than than what you would if you're buying quality made bacon you know out of the bacon rack over there and the one thing i can tell you it, it's going to taste better than any bacon i've ever yeah. had and i've eaten my share of bacon from home cured to you know the fancy places kind of thing look what we didn't tell people is we're sitting on the edge of a, a little creek here behind us and earlier this morning we uh 
we we baited or you baited the trot line that uh, that's been out here for a while, and we're just kind of sitting around now, kind of waiting to see whether or not catfish is interested. Had a little cool front come in. The last time that uh, I fooled with this trot line, it's probably 20 hooks. Jeff and I, our buddy Jeff, well, we baited it with wild pork liver. The right. hog wild that I pork liver, I like that. We, we'll get into that, but we yeah. shot a hog last night, and it's baited with that liver. Well, you can't beat it for catfish bait. Bloody, chunky, you know. But uh, we had this cool front come in, and uh, folks like Larry and I were talking, this is probably going to be for this summer and spring, probably our last time to wear jackets, maybe. But we're out here, it feels good. Feels like the opener of deer season. I would, you know. You know, there are many days here in Texas I wished we'd had weather like this. I was in Dallas yesterday morning, as I mentioned, with DSC doing some work there, and it was like 36, 37 degrees yeah. in Dallas. Exactly. And this morning, I got up during the night, we stayed out here at the ranch, but I got up during the night, and it was as clear as it could be. And then this morning, we've had cloud cover roll in and and uh if you were sitting here around the campfire with us you'd think it's almost snowing but i'm thinking that's probably some uh some of the fuzz from cottonwoods that's what it is out there There's cottonwoods coming down <laughs> on us here it's that time of the year and we had a we had a big we've been down here well last night we got here midday yesterday folks and uh you know there's tons of hogs jeff feeds these hogs well and they they line up in most feeders I lucked out and got to a feeder and had one uh, come in at five after five, I believe. I had had about four or five of them, you know. And we looked at the video. I showed it to Larry, and one looked like a pretty good-sized boar, 150-pound boar, maybe, maybe a little bigger. But that wasn't the one I was looking for. I wanted one easy to handle and some tender back straps. So back in the in the edge of the brush there, I had. Of course, I'm not known for my video videography skills. <laughs> I'm an old, old hook and bullet rider. I'm used to a steel camera, very accustomed to them. But it's a challenge filming your own hunt. My gosh, Larry's made a career out of it. Jeff as Well, I've always had a cameraman. I'm learning like you yeah, are yeah. now that I'm doing Well, a here's the scenario. <laughs> the big boar comes in. I could have shot him. He's 45 yards. Right. I'm, I'm using... Uh, I'm using an Air Force Air Guns Texan. It's a big bore air rifle that pressures up to 3,600 feet per second. And I'm shooting a 240 grain bullet. And you hear, think about shooting a hog with an air gun, you know, it may be misleading, but trust me, uh, I've killed a bunch of them in deer too. Anyway, that's what I'm using. So I don't want to be shooting one 100 yards away. No, I, want, no, no. I want to know where I can hammer him. Right. Precise shot placement. Exactly. And that's what happens. So this little sow, I don't know, 60 pounds, 50 pounds, it's hard to judge. Fat as a butterball. Okay, so I get the camera. You know, I've got the camera inside this little blind with me. I've got it zoomed out. Right. I've got all of them, I think, all of them in there. So then I forget all about the camera. I want to kill that sow to eat. I get the gun up, put those crosshairs right behind her ear, her jaw, if you will, in the middle of the neck. You know, right. it's not far from a hog's ear to his front shoulder. No, no, but, but no. in that area, and it will hammer a hog. People ask me where I shoot hogs. That's where I shoot them, and they don't run. So it's no marksmanship really involved. <clears throat> well, there know. is. It, there well, is I'm 45 yards, and the hog is. But the hog. <laughs> So I've got the viewfinder where I thought that where the hogs were, you know. Right. So when I get the gun up and all, well, I'll 
the camera's over here, I'm right here. The hog had stepped up about 10 feet, both of them, her and a black one. And I, I, she, they, they wouldn't have stuck around a long time because the corn had not, the feeder hadn't gone off yet. They were just scouting. Bam! <laughs> and I, now I looked, oh wow, I've actually got a kill <laughs> shot on this camera. Well, I look over there and it's the camera's filming the dead, the spot over there where they were. Where they had been. So I, I took it and turned it around. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. And then there's the hog expiring on the, <laughs> the deal. But we bit, got yeah. we got the pork. And so I thought, Larry, you know, if they were going to come in at your place, maybe another hour or two later, which you stayed, they didn't show, which that's the way hogs are. But I got had plenty of time, Larry, to get back and, and uh, remove the quarters and the back straps. And here's the rest of the story. <laughs> Coming down, <coughs> I stopped by Bucky's. I always stop by and get some. Now, 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 let me tell you all about Bucky's. You may have heard about Bucky's. I know there are folks who are not from Texas, may yep. have not seen a Bucky's store, but a Bucky's is kind of like a, a general store. <laughs> with everything that you can imagine, uh, maybe 200 gas and diesel pumps out front, and it's almost like a destination kind of thing. There's yeah. so many things available, and they're pretty much along the interstates here in Texas about to expand as well, too. Outdoor things? Yes. Food, you know, drinks, hunting anything. supplies. Hunting supplies, almost anything you could want. But uh, now, if you, it is B-U-C-K, B U C E E. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. B U C K E E S. It's like Boosies. Oh, yeah. B yeah. B U C C E S. I think is what it. Yeah. But if you look it up on the website, so or look up a website, just ask, just Google Bucky's, and yeah, they'll, I'm sure up. they'll show you something about what these stores look like. But now go ahead, because I yeah. drive by them all the time, and I stop by them all the time. So, yeah. but now tell me your story about what you've been. Well, uh, a hunting trip coming down to Jeff's, it's about an hour and a half from my house where, where we're at right now. We're kind of a home away from home for right. Well, I go by there and uh, Bucky's and fill up with gas and uh, 20 pounds of ice for 99 cents. You know, that's, that's what I do. I buy ice in case I kill a hog. Uh, and actually, I'll buy a couple of dollars worth of ice. That's 40 pounds in a yeah. big cooler. It's a great place to buy ice. So get your ice up. <laughs> For years, I've been going in there and looking at these little, they're, they're $60 little smokers. Yes. They're how long? 24 inches yeah, long? Yeah, probably about 18 to 24 inches. 20 somewhere. inches, let's yeah. say. And uh, diameter? Probably 10, 12 inches. Something like that? Yeah. Well, I've been looking at these, and, and, and a rack that a uh, grill that pulls out, a smokestack on one side, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get one. I, I think I can use this. So I, I pick one up, 60 bucks. Now, this was yesterday. And then I pick up some B&B &B charcoal, which I affirm, not a commercial, but I'm a firm oh believer. That stuff burns stuff. forever. Best, best charcoal there is. It's good charcoal. So I pick up a bag of B&B <clears throat> charcoal. I had no intentions of cooking anything till I saw that, and then the, the wheels started turning. I even thought about ahead to the hog if I was lucky. So I was lucky. Got got down here and got the hog shot, and then got him all cleaned up, so laid those, those back straps out. And then I'm sitting there, you know, kind of thinking, well, damn, we got two hours here yeah. before, you know, what am I going to do? I fired that thing up and burned it out, you know, right, exactly. let, it, let it burn, whatever. Yep. And then after it burnt for about 30 minutes, I put some olive oil and some 
garlic powder, salt, pepper, and a little Worcestershire sauce in a bag with all the, with both of those loins cut into little fillets, little pieces. Right. And put them on the grill. And I found a chunk of hickory wood and I stuck it. It's like a mini smoker, Larry, is what this thing is. Yes, sir. And I put that in, and that thing started smoking, and I, I, I hadn't even noticed, but it has a built-in smokestack right. on one. Oh, yeah, it does. And let that go. So Larry's still in the woods, and I'm up there at the camp cooking, <laughs> cooking very fresh pork. <laughs> so bottom line is, about dark, uh, you came up, and by then I'd had it wrapped, had that meat wrapped in foil, and... It was, it made, what would we call that, some little hors d'oeuvres for us? Yeah, those were kind of appetizer hors d'oeuvres kind of thing, and they were out of this world good. I, I can't, I'm going to have to, I'm leaving here to go do a, uh, a marketing meeting with the Texas Raised Outdoor, uh, Texas Raised Hunting Products, T-R-H-P Outdoors is the, the new name for them. Yep. Uh, when I drive back by Bucky's, which I got to do, going do. the direction direction there, I'm going to pick up one of those. Those are those are easy enough. I can we easily throw them in, keep them at the house. But if we're coming out somewhere, yeah. you talk about you know I like both cooking on Dutch Dutch oven or yeah. cast iron stuff. You can take one cast iron pot and one of those and put them in the back of the truck, and you talk you're about ready. a cooking kit. You, you know you're already. And if yeah, if we had one, we've got our we've got our trot line about. 45 yards from where we're sitting. <laughs> we're on the bank of the creek, folks, and I'm watching that limb that it's tied to. Uh-oh. I, I think I might have seen a little twig. You can, uh, 10 feet of the line out of the water, you can see. I don't know. I saw a little bit of a sag a while yeah, ago. Yeah, it looked like, they looked like it might be going up and down. We'll give it We don't want to rush it because we want a bunch of catfish on there when we... But if we had our grill, here I go again. If we had our grill with cold, you are talking about some grilled cat. Have you ever had grilled catfish? I, you know what? I have. They're good. It is. It is good. I, I like grilled fish. Uh, I like it fried. Yep. Yep. I like it. I, you know, thinking about some of that cured, some of that cornmeal, because I grew up eating fish fried. You know, not battered in cornmeal. You just kind of dried them a little bit, dredged them mm. kind of a little bit, in some cornmeal, and oh my God, that was good. Probably well, large. Yeah. We it was always lard. I yeah. grew up on that to where we butchered all our own hogs, and I mean we'd get them up until my granddad used to buy old boars, and would castrate them, and he would feed them for another six, seven, eight years, and he always kept you know rotation kind of thing. And I've got pictures at home somewhere of me standing beside a hog hung in a tree that we put on the scales that weighed 800 and almost, well, almost 900 pounds. Lard intact. Is and I mean, and you talk about rendering lard off that thing. We, we did. And to me, lard just adds an extra flavor to it. But yeah, it was catfish cooked in lard and or fried in lard, you know, with a little yep. bit of cornmeal on the outside. Oh, yeah. Ooh, lardy was that good. And uh, and that's kind of the way that you do things. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah, I, I was raised from here as the crow flies, north, east, up in Red River County. You could be up where I was raised in, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah, not very minutes, long from maybe. where we are right here. You've yeah. been up in Red River County a lot. But, yeah, I was raised up there, and I was raised doing just what we're doing right now. Uh, my dad was in, he had a country store up there for a, a number of years, and then he sold it and went in the poultry business. Uh, and it had two, two chicken houses with 14,000 chickens total. And that's a lot of chickens now. And uh, every, I think it's every eight or nine weeks he would sell them. 
we'd go up in southeast Oklahoma and set up a little camp, a very Spartan camp looking back on it, you know, but uh, tarps and stretched out over a old 50 model international pickup and you know he had these he was a pretty handy guy he had these fold-out deals with the coleman stoves oh yeah cooks, cook racks that he had mount in the sideboards where they used to go in an old pickup well he he had set this up and when he got through it looked like a, 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 a chef's headquarters you know but we would get down there and set our trot lines out uh, the goal, usually on a Friday night, uh, the goal was to get enough catfish for that evening's meal. And, you know, that it was so easy to catch them down there. We never failed, but that's what the outdoors, you know, uh, is all about. Just, you don't have to go out and kill a great big deer or shoot a, a monster boar. It's just, it, there's a lot of things that you can do if you just maybe have some instructions on if you weren't didn't grow up like we did have somebody kind of point you in the right direction but there's so many so many interesting things to do in the outdoors larry you know you know there really are we're here we're on private land but be honest with you we could do the same thing on a on public land surrounding the lake here as well exactly. and you really don't need a huge boat no. the the little flat bottom john type boat that you got here it's, yep. it's basically a one person boat yeah you can do everything that you need to in these little old creeks like this you can maneuver up into the back side of them and and set out a trot line and no telling what you're going to catch this this lake right here lake fork used to be what it was the premier black bass lake for a long still time. a good one you know and still a good still one good. And, and obviously you've come up here with Jeff, unfortunately, we had things where had weather where I couldn't get it with it. You're, but y'all come in here and you catch a tremendous amount of white and yellow bass. White bass run right up out of the main lake up this creek, you know. And yeah, we discovered that I guess uh, hmm, one year, two years ago is when we first. I, yeah. I was telling Jeff, I said well, it should be a bat, white bass run up in here, and and then Jeff come out here and that built a nice dock and actually put that thing together, rebuilt a dock, if yeah, you will, yeah. is what he did but uh, got a fish feeder set up. So yeah, it's just, a, uh, I mean, nobody's gonna bother you back in here. You're, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to wanna get back in this area. You really have to, I mean, I guess you could come in from the lakeside, but so you know, much that, debris up there, you know, it's really hard. Oh yeah, well, you're true. That's exactly right, it is true. I mean, and this is almost like a little swamp area back yep. in here where that creek runs into or out it of. Is. Yeah. And, uh, but there's black bass in here, white bass. You've caught a fair amount of crappie here in the past yes. as well, too. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a fish here that we have kind of in the south part of the world, in our part of the world, rather, called the bowfin. Mm -hmm. Did you ever fish for those? Caught them uh, several right out here. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I've never eaten one, but I, I've, I've done some research, YouTube, you know, yeah. and check them out, people that, that do fish for them. I hear they're pretty good eat, they're good eating if you eat them fresh. Yeah. Um, so I, that's one of my goals is I've caught and Jeff and I both have caught some pretty good some six to eight pounders. Yeah, right here. I, I remember Jeff talking about the years ago his daughter when they first got this place catching one I think it weighed like almost ten pounds or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a picture or two and I mean here's this attractive young lady that, you know probably looks like she's maybe eight or ten years old holding this fish up Big ten old. pound bowfin up and. And it's unbelievable. They're, they're an interesting fish to me. I've only caught one of them in all the years that I've, I've been fishing, and it was up kind of in this part of the world. But they're kind of, in a way, prehistoric looking. They I've, do. I've looked at 
their skulls that were preserved, and there's a tremendous amount of bone structure in the in, in that the skull. skull. Yeah, yeah. They're a, they're an interesting hard pulling fish. I'll tell you that. I would they're, think so because they, they really are, they're kind of like an eel, aren't they? That they have fins pretty much. Those wide fins draw you know drag yeah. in the water. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're a, they're a, they're a handful when you catch them. Yeah, I could imagine catching a six. We it it's hard not to keep an eye on that line <laughs> trout line over there. Is it? <laughs> I'm not seeing anything just yet, but we haven't had it baited that long. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> and with this little old cold spell coming in, it may have shut the fish down for a little bit. I, it could have because uh, I, we'll we'll give it a little try. Yeah. If, We've got. If, some if not, time. we'll go back and if we don't eat fish, we'll eat some more uh, wild pork and <sighs> pea meal bacon. Oh my God, that <laughs> I could bake. I, for uh, the next several days, I could eat, eat it three meals a day, and I don't know if I'd want to continue eating it three meals a day from here on out, but I can tell you this much, as soon as I get back and I can get me some of that butcher supply. Butcher Packer. Butcher Packer. Yep. Butcher Packer. Uh-huh. And uh, get online so. with them. I am going to be doing some of that because it's so easily done. 24 hours, just put it in the brine. You really don't have to do anything. Nothing. Other than just, just, just it mix the, it up, put the thing in there, and then roll it in cornmeal, cut it. it, and... You can yeah. put it in the freezer or eat it right then, I Back, guess. Yeah, it's just as good. I mean, it tastes like what we had if you just ate it right. It tastes the same. Oh, it's already, man, it, it's cured. It's cured meat, you know. Yeah, it was but, so, uh, I'm, so, I keep coming back to that because I keep thinking about it. I mean, again, I've eaten bacon all, literally all over the world. I've eaten yeah. Canadian bacon in Canada yeah. <laughs> and South, South Africa, all over Africa. A lot of times they'll serve it, you know, for breakfast in the restaurants and, and in Europe a bunch and like I said in Canada. But this was by far the best I've ever eaten. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I believe it'll be a staple at the Wysoon house. It's going to be very much a staple. I, I'm not too sure I'm going to share it with too many people, to be very frank. My wife may. I don't know about my grandkids and daughters. Well, they're going to get that. Well, probably I'll get some of it. They can be trained. But, yeah, they yeah are, but I'll trainable. get them to do their own. I'll right. show them how to do it, how easy it is. You know, uh, just, just thinking, Larry, uh, down here, a person could uh, poke salad a lot of people may know what poke salad is it comes a poke berry is what happens when a poke plant is mature you mm -hmm. know the little old indigo colored little berries right. or whatever but pokes you, you could live literally live down here uh, indefinitely uh, shoot say every oh every three days shoot you some fresh pork uh, pick you some poke salad. That's growing everywhere out here now. Uh, you're in the mood for a fish. Come and catch you two or three fish. You could, person could, could literally live off the land right here, couldn't you? You, you really could. I mean, there's a lot of different wild berries, such as the blueberry or dewberries that we have here. They're coming you, on. They're about to. We're not that far away, and you know, you got the, as you said, got the fishing here as well too. And then there's a tremendous amount of oak trees in this area, and a few pecans and a few hickories, and so. You know, during the right time frame, you've got a lot of uh, fat and carbohydrates there in those that you could preserve and use as a meal, too, or exactly. even make little cake. And you can understand how the Indians that lived in this area for years, for eons, you know, survived in this country very, very nicely. They may not have the lake, but well. there were all these little streams that had fish in it and had probably freshwater mussels and... and uh, there are deer in this area, and probably at one time there were a fair number of turkeys that scattered through all this part of the world as well, too. And, and then, too, at one time, there were a lot of black bears scattered all over this yeah. part of the world as well, yeah. too. So, 
you know, you kick all those into the mix, and uh, you could. You could easily, you didn't have to do with, you have to worry about a whole lot of things. You could get back in here as long as you had a bow and arrow or something to catch a fish with, or, you know, you could, you could do it. You could, you could, you could make it there, buddy. I guarantee. And even if a muscadine grapes, there's a lot of muscadines down here. If you wanted a little, maybe a little beverage for fall, you could pick a bunch of those muscadines, put them in a in a crock, and uh, make your own wine. Larry, the, 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 maybe we've been down here too long already. We're we're th thinking about survival here, buddy. Well, I, there's no doubt. Uh, I think anybody that wanted to survive and had a little knowledge about the outdoors could probably survive down here. There are probably some people that, you know, oh, my God, no. Yeah, I just know, go this, ahead this and take me life. now. Take, take me now. I'm out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. But yeah, there is. There in so many different places, but particularly here in this part of the country. The winters can be cold, but they're not, you know, they're not killing winters right. kind of thing exactly. in a normal situation. And with all the things that are here available to you, you can survive very, very easily without, and really have an enjoyable life while you're doing it as well, too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, Larry, the uh, folks can, uh, the sportsman's life, folks could watch that. Watch what we, Larry and I have been up to. Jeff will put, put a little show together. It's called A Sportsman's Life. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and search A Sportsman's Life and pull it up. Or uh, It's on the Roku, you know, on uh, you know, Pride Outdoor Network things, but you can actually see us see us down here having fun. You yeah, know? you know, I, I just recently opened a uh, YouTube channel. You did, yeah. Yeah, we're not. I hadn't really started publicizing yet, but it's Larry Wysoon Outdoors, and and two, we've got several episodes there, and I'm is I get time or is, actually is I have a lady named Stephanie Murphy who does a lot of the work for me, and as Stephanie gets time, she'll start putting more and more episodes there, and you can really kind of keep up to see what. Luke and I are actually done, not only just from, the, you know, hearing about it on the podcast, because Luke's kind of become a regular there, and, and Luke and I have been doing kind of regular things together now for about 13 years with your radio show. Yeah, well, that's kind of our deal, the Catfish Radio, uh, Campfire Talk, Yep. and you can listen to Larry and I uh, every week, uh, catfishradio.org, O-R-G, it's on 18 stations around Texas mostly, and now the internet is so uh, so many people listen well podcasts but they also listen to radio stations online. absolutely there's a lot of times they're streaming those live uh -huh. and i mean you've called me at time or two there are a few really big stations up here yeah that uh you'll call me and say hey just rem just remember we're on this morning at such and such yeah. a time and i'll punch that computer there button and you know guess what there we are we're, we're talking <laughs> we're talking about the outdoors our adventures exactly right but i did i uh i had it's to me is such a uh i don't know a, a, shooting that hog and cooking it and all right there to me that's just the ultimate i mean it makes you it just there's something about that man I don't know how to describe it. Well, to me, that's to, that's part of being the total outdoors person is is that you have the knowledge to go out to take an animal. You know how to prepare that animal to prepare it for a meal, and yeah. then you eat it. And I, I think as we're heading into this new world situation kind of thing where, <laughs> you know, the one thing that 
COVID did is made people realize that food does not necessarily come from the grocery store. There has to be a source. It's got to be produced and it's got to be shipped to the grocery store. And with some of there being interruptions in that, a lot of people have gone back now to hunting and fishing. And more and more people are becoming interested in, in doing so, in procuring their own food. And with that being the case, you know, I think as we head into the future, yeah, we're going to see some restrictions maybe in the future on different guns that we can use and those kind of things. But uh, there's a lot of folks out there these days that have realized that, hey, it's one of these days my family and I may have to survive on, on my wits and what I know about the outdoors. And, and uh, that being the case, we're seeing a tremendous influx of, uh, of people into the outdoors. And you can see that reflected in hunting and fishing license sales going way up in a lot of these states exactly. as well, too. They've gone up nationwide, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's even a huge increase in California. Of course, here in Texas, a lot of those that Californians that kind of think like some of the Texans do, hopefully. <laughs> those are the ones that are moving here because our state of Texas is growing at an unbelievable rate in terms of humans. and But, you know, they're welcome as long as they kind of believe like true Texans do, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yep, and that's it's the times they I won't say are a changing. They have changed a great deal. It's hard not to look at look, that trot line. I, I, I think I'm a, seeing one of a twitch over. I think we're going to shut this thing down right here until I see a little next time. I've got the line going into the top of the boat just right, to, uh, right. and I'm seeing a little I, I'm slag a little there. moving there. So tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, join us right here next week on DSC's campfires and. Uh, I may, I'll get a look back on here. We need to tell some of the stories that we told around the campfire when the camp when when the recording hadn't been on. So, y'all join us right here. Don't forget to go to catfishradio.org and you can listen to the, some of the things there. Luke and I also do uh, the Hunting Wire Radio that's on the Hunting Wire twice a uh, uh, twice a month, and then the. We're, our radio show that I do with Luke every Saturday morning and throughout the week available, as I said, is available there on Catfish Radio. And then uh, Sporting you, Classics. Sporting Classics. You can go to the Sporting Classics daily and listen to a, a weekly podcast that <laughs> Luke and I do there. And, and let's see, what else? Now, I course, think that's it. <laughs> of course, this podcast and then, too, uh, a, a Sportsman's Life is a weekly show if you will too on uh pride outdoor network and as we go forward you'll be able to see a little bit more on the uh on the youtube channel that i've got and the youtube channel that we have for that particular tv show as well too so join us right here next week giving you a lot of things to do in between time between now the time we get together again right here at the dsc campfire DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products, the scent gods, can attract boots for the trails less traveled. Voight, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord Rescue Travel Protection. Go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh!
Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.